0: On this Wednesday evening, with just 30 days to go before the Special Olympics in Berlin. Once again, we've managed to get hold of the Chief Executive Officer of Special Olympics South Africa, and Silla Smith. And Silla, thank you for your time and welcome back to From the Boardroom to the Locker Room.
1: Thank you so much and thank you for having me back. Really, really appreciate it.
0: So, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, and uh, it's Now around the corner, isn't it?
1: Yeah, literally around the corner.
0: How's the preparations gone?
1: So far, so good. Um, You know, it's always stressful, especially when you're traveling with with a delegation of 96. There's... A lot of logistics. There's a lot of moving parts, but um I'm you know really, really blessed to work with an incredible team behind me in in, in at the Special Olympics National Office. And it's all hands on deck and uh everybody is uh, currently um all working furiously um to get everything in place to make sure that we are ready um to travel.
0: So people who have not heard our previous podcast, let's just update them. Tell us a little bit more about the Special Olympics and, in particular, the South African participation there.
1: So, Special Olympics is a a global organization, a support for development organization that uh, focuses on people with an intellectual disability. Um, And we are also accredited by the International Olympic Committee. So, we are the only other organization in the world that is allowed to use the word Olympics um, in their name. Um, And so we follow the Olympic model um, of winter summer games. And currently we are preparing to participate at the Special Olympics World Summer Games that are taking place in Berlin, Germany. Um, And we as Special Olympics South Africa are sending our national team that consists of 64 athletes um, that will be participating against over 7,000 athletes from 190 countries. Um, So a massive, massive event taking place. It's been hailed as the biggest inclusive sporting event in the world. Um, And of course, we are incredibly excited that we will be uh, joining 190 other countries at at this incredible competition.
0: And I'm not trying to be uh, smart here because it's not something that I knew. It's something that I looked at. 45,000 talented athletes in 18 competitive sports and you nailed it down to 98. What a job.
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it's been, it's been a journey and our athletes uh, compete from local all the way to provincial to national. So it is quite a process um, to select that national team.
0: And it's not just going to this event. I mean, this is something that goes on every day throughout our beautiful country.
1: Absolutely, as you mentioned, um, we're actually up to fifty-seven thousand um, athletes that we represent in South Africa, and obviously outside of sport, um, sport sport is our tool, our tool for development. Um, we know that sports brings people together, and um, so from our perspective, that's our our way of bringing our athletes together. Um, but outside of sport. We offer early childhood development. As you know, we start participating with our our young athletes at the ages of two. Um, And then outside of the sporting initiatives, we have um, a very big health offering. Um, We also do family support. And we are the only organization in South Africa that offers inclusive sport, um, where we pair people with and with our intellectual disabilities on the same teams. so yeah, pretty much a 365 day a year operation um, that that we do. This is the only access that those 57,000 uh, beneficiaries we call them athletes because we don't focus on the disability. But that is pretty much the only opportunity that many of them do have. Not only to participate in sport, but to receive healthcare, leadership development. Um, and, and many other aspects that Special Olympics
0: offers. I'm going to ask this question out of lack of knowledge rather than trying to be clever. We have so many politically correct ways of talking to each other in this country, and I like to refer to it as like an alphabet soup that I used to have when I was a kid, because you never know from which day to which day what's, one and or another series of letters put together represents. So let's go to basics. What is an intellectual disability?
1: So an intellectual disability, it encompasses a lot. I think uh, talking about your alphabet soup, um, that, uh, you know, we, we are now moving towards um, a more, politically correct term calling people neurodiverse but an intellectual disability is basically from a medical standpoint is categorized as people with an IQ of below 70. Of course that's really hard to identify because you know obviously not everybody um, gets diagnosed an IQ test so uh, we, we look at the majority of our athletes or people that are known as slow learners so people that don't cope in a mainstream schooling environment and then would go to a special needs school. Um and then obviously across that we then obviously cater for um Down syndrome, autism, ADHD, um anything that affects somebody's capabilities to learn. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the easiest way to describe it.
0: Now, I really don't want to be blown up as I'm categorizing people, but I guess mm-hmm. in a country as diverse as ours, with so many people living in rural areas and not being able to have the same kind of education as somebody living in a metropolitan area would be, I guess a lot of these uh, intellectual disabilities just sort of slip through the cracks, and you talk about fifty-seven thousand. I'm sure there is a hell of a lot more.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, specifically, you know, if uh, you know, we work um, according to the World Health Organization's, you know, studies and criteria around intellectual disability, and the estimate in a underdeveloped country like South Africa, um, you know, where we have such a disparity between urban and rural areas is that close to 4.7% of the population um, would have an intellectual disability. So, you know, from our standpoint, that's that's millions of people with wow. ID in South Africa. And as, as you've mentioned, you know, a lot of them undiagnosed because of, especially in our country, I think the lack of suitable facilities um, to support, especially young children with an intellectual disability.
0: Right, let's turn our attention now to things much more pleasant to chat about. 30 days, as I say, to go. 90-plus uh, athletes. Mammoth toss to get these athletes just onto an airplane and to Berlin. It's not just a case of arrive at the airport, pick up your bags, go up the steps, into the plane, and off you go.
1: No, I wish it was that easy. Um, you know, again, just, just going back to our previous uh, discussion, um, again, many of our athletes come from underprivileged backgrounds, number one. Number two, you know, they're going to represent South Africa um, at a World Games against 190 countries. So I think from our perspective, it's absolutely imperative that we give them everything that they need to be able to, you know, stand next to athletes from America, from Australia, and and feel proud um, to represent South Africa. Um, You know, and obviously... A lot of these teams are coming from very well resourced countries and get a lot of support in different countries. So it's, it's really important from our side that our athletes are fully equipped, kits and art. So as an organization, we take it upon ourselves to provide absolutely everything from underwear to toiletries, um, to playing kit to casual attire to the suitcases that they're going to take on those planes. Um, so, yes, it is in terms of that a, a mammoth undertaking. But as I said, imperative for us as an organization, because we believe that if our athletes feel less than um, because they don't have the right equipment or because they don't have the same resources as other countries, how can we possibly expect them to compete at their best?
0: And all of this obviously comes down to one thing, money. Last time we spoke, you were looking at adopting uh, an athlete. How's that uh, campaign gone?
1: So we are still currently running that campaign. Um, We're halfway there in terms of adopted athletes. So we are incredibly happy with the support that we've got. Um, A lot of corporates have started coming on board. We're very excited to have gotten support from organizations such as African Bank, um, Rossa Modi, Modi, sorry, excuse my pronunciation right there, yeah. are, are are creating bespoke tracksuits for our team. Um, our chairperson, Dr. Matthews Porsa, in his personal capacity, has adopted two athletes. Um and there's there's a list uh you know of of organizations, Gift of the Givers has come on board and we are so incredibly grateful. Starbucks has come on board to support and I think in a way, um, you know, this this just really shows that it, that it is possible in this country for us all to come together. And and we're we're very proud as well as as happy that these, these corporates have come on board. Um you know, it shows the caliber of Special Olympics um, and that slowly but surely um, more and more people are beginning to appreciate um, our national team. Um, yeah. So very excited that this year for the first time, um, it looks as if the National Department of Sport is coming on board. And we've been very, very lucky to actually have started to receive support um, from local government in, in the provinces where our athletes are situated.
0: I mean, I mentioned briefly and made it sound so simplistic about getting on an airplane, packing your bags, climbing up the stairs. We know it's not that simple. But without going into massive detail, what do you find are the most difficult things that you need to cope with? Bearing in mind that the majority of us that are listening to and myself, we're able-bodied. we We're able to do things ourselves that we take for granted every single day. Give us an example of of what you what you're up against,
1: so I mean I think you know pretty much an example and and it's quite something that that's still um not just in this situation but in in many situations where we need um to work with our, with our beneficiaries or our athletes that many of these especially the youth um coming out of school have no um ID documents. They okay. have no, you know, they have never been taken to get an ID document. Um, some of them have never received their birth certificates. A lot of them, especially those that are underage, um, we're un- unable to locate their parents when we need to travel in that um they'll be living with a with a granny or an aunt. So little things like that that um, you know, can cause incredibly long delays and a lot of frustration um, is just the simple thing of ensuring that they all have a a valid passport by the time that we're we're ready to travel. So um, we find that at every Games that that is a a massive challenge Um, is just ensuring that they have basic paperwork. Um, And then I
0: guess get somebody who's only ever seen a bird fly and they arrive at the airport and there's this massive jumbo jet that they're going to climb into, there must be excitement and a lot of fear as well.
1: Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, for for many of these athletes, it's the first time that they're leaving their environment, um, let alone leaving their province, although they, they, they did that coming to national games. But for, for many of them, this will be the very first time that they get on an airplane and certainly the first time that they'll be leaving the country. So, Always a lot of nerves, a lot of concern. Um, if I can share just the cutest moment from, um, our last games, obviously, um, just before they leave, they get their new suitcases with all their new shoes, their new toiletries. Um, and so excited when they receive that. And we remember going, um, into the airport to check in the luggage and one athlete that we were traveling with to the last world games was absolutely distraught um that we'd taken the suitcase with all the new stuff in it right. And it was it was it, it, it really was difficult explaining that the suitcase would be um, where we where we landed, that it was going on the same airplane. they they really wanted to hang on to that suitcase to make sure that it was safe.
0: Wonderful story that leads me to my next question because sure. when you land in a place like Berlin, the culture shock must be incredible. How and what support systems do you take with you to help these kids?
1: So obviously, um, firstly, before we even leave the country, um, we're very lucky that we're working very closely with the German embassy. So during the final training camp, when all of our athletes are here together um, Johannesburg. We will have the German embassy come and do a presentation on what our athletes can expect when they reach Germany. But we also travel with very experienced coaches and a strong support team um, that is capable of assisting with any of the challenges, especially as you point out, some anxiety for a lot of these athletes, it's the first time that they're away from their families. We do have social workers that, that are on standby. Um, a really unique part of Special Olympics is that even before we go into competition, um, the athletes will spend three days in what is known as a host town. Um, which gives them three days where they will literally be immersed in German culture and hosted by a town in Germany, and that gives them an adjustment period um, to get to know the culture, to get to be more comfortable. And they really are looked after so well by the organizing committee once we're that side.
0: So the Olympic creed is the important thing in life is not the triumph, but the fight. The essential thing is not to have won, but to have fought well. I guess that is even more part of the Special Olympics than it would be of the able-bodied Olympics.
1: Absolutely. So um, our athlete oath as Special Olympics, and this is an oath that all athletes say before they compete in any competition is let me win, but if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So now, I'm pretty jealous, but I don't think I need to be anymore because that look on your face, that smile, that feeling that goes through your body when you see one of these athletes participate in the event and maybe even win that joy must be untold yet we're able to see it here in South Africa I believe there's some good news about coverage of the event
1: yes absolutely um we are super excited in that we are going to be taking our own videographers with us this year and we will be putting together a daily highlights package um, that we will make available to various um, broadcasters. We'll also be pushing that out on our own social media. And we're also very excited that this year, for the first time ever, um, we are taking, we talk about our videographers, we'll be taking uh, someone that is specifically focused on doing a documentary. Um, so we will be following two of our athletes from before they leave for games, uh, all the way through their journey because we, it's such a powerful journey, as you mentioned. I mean, it's life changing, not only for our athletes, but for their families, their communities. And it really helps to change people's perceptions of intellectual disability. And I think that we are going to be so excited to share. Um, some of that journey and some of those incredible moments that our athletes um, and our staff and everybody who attends the Games experience with everybody um, during the competition and when we get back.
0: Well, from the boardroom to the locker room are going to be hounding you to get information while you're in Berlin, that I can promise you. So of all of the sports that there are, where do you think we might participate the best? That's always the loaded
1: question. It is so difficult um, because... Obviously, sort of similar to Paralympics. Um, we always have to do divisioning before a athlete competes because we ensure that they compete within their disability level. Obviously, the more profound the intellectual disability, the more challenging it is for, for our athletes to compete. So the system that Special Olympics uses is divisioning, and that is to ensure that people are competing within the right di- division. Um, So while we know that um, we're sending the very best in every ability level to these World Games, it's very hard to say for certain um, where we're at. But, you know, in, in the last World Games in Abu Dhabi, we sent a team of pretty much the same amount. I think it was 67 athletes and we came back with 64 medals. So to be honest, hoping that, This year, we come back with a medal around every athlete's
0: neck. Wonderful stuff. Right. Let's just give people the opportunity who have listened to us this evening. How can they contribute to Special Olympics South Africa?
1: So, again, our Adopt an Athlete campaign, it costs 40,000 Rand, which is a nominal fee. That's what it costs us as an organization to cover everything for an athlete to go across and, and compete. Um, so the call still out there to corporates or individuals that are able to adopt an athlete and get hold of us through our Facebook page. That's the, the easiest place to go is Special Olympics South Africa on Facebook. And for those individuals and corporations who can't afford that 40,000, any amount helps um, to get this team equipped. So we have a backer buddy page, called The Road to Berlin, and people can go on Tobacco Buddy, search for Special Olympics or The Road to Berlin, and donate there. We appreciate it.
0: And you can be a hero to heroes. You can donate 10 rand to Building a Better Life for Athletes with Intellectual Disabilities. You can take part SMS, SOSA, S-O-S-A, and your name to 38021. Change your life by changing another's. And so, Elizabeth, it's always an absolute pleasure talking to you as the CEO of the Special Olympics South Africa and as somebody who is, I'm sure, going to have some massive smiles on her face in a month or so's time when the Games take place. Thank you for joining us on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room.
1: Thank you so much. Much appreciated.
0: So I normally leave every single night by saying be nice to each other. Well, I've just said it, but I'm also going to say express the activity of the Olympic movement and represent the union of the five continents, because the important thing in life is not the triumph, but the fight. The essential thing is not to have won, but to have fought well. Until next time, bye for now.